This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now the Mets get to be what the Yankees just went through for the weekend. The more I look at this season, the more related Met and Yankee fans are. I know we normally don't like each other. I get it. I understand it. But the Yankees just went through a horrible weekend with Boston. Horrible. Horrible. They have lost nine straight games. And now the Mets get to roll in Atlanta. And Atlanta just dominates the Mets all the time. All the time. I don't have to tell you, Mets fans, you guys know. It's Atlanta. I don't care how big the lead is. I don't care when you have the lead. I don't care how late you have the lead, how early you have the lead. You are never comfortable because Atlanta is always coming. Always. So, I mean, it's... it's. <laughs> And and it's the offense. Atlanta, 122 runs in the first inning. Not for the game. Not the game. In the first inning. Most in the major leagues. Dodgers are second with 91. So, I mean, and now Boston gets a chance to face Houston. So, uh, good. Yankees have the night off and they've got the uh, Nationals starting tomorrow night. I don't know where to start with the Yankees. I really don't. I mean, yesterday I had uh, we were chatting about them, and I just wanted to be – I was trying to be Joe and Chantel. I was trying to be that sympathetic person. I was trying to be that friend, right, that, that you're going through troubles. You want to vent. You want to talk about things. You just want to – you just want to shoulder the cry on. You want to shoulder to just let it out, all the frustration, all the anger, all the, all the stuff. And a lot of people did that yesterday. And then they went on and lost. Now, I got to tell you, I know the Yankees have not played well. I get it. I know that this has been a lost season. I understand it. But to win one game against Boston all season, I, I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And I'm sitting here, and I'm wondering – Right now, as bad as the Mets season is, and the fact that they cut bait August 1, and this was a 101-win team that was out of it, honestly, in July. And I was, what a discipline. This going to go down is one of the worst turnarounds, back-to-back seasons. In Met history, from 101 wins and a first-round playoff appearance to being out of it in really July. But now I'm looking at this Yankee season, and to be honest with you, I don't know which is worse. I don't know which is worse. Met fans will say, well, the Yankee season is worse because we cut bait. We're like, look, we're bad. This is the way it is. We're done. <laughs> we're looking to we're looking to 2024, 2025, 2026. It's over. We're done with this year. We're good. And then, but you know, for the for, for us Met fans, it's, it's, 
you know, this is a golden, this was a golden opportunity to, you know, turn things around. It just didn't happen. And so, yeah, we moved on. But for the Yankees, and see, here's the thing. You can't move on. You're stuck with long contracts. I don't have to tell you, Yankee fans, you know, you could call them chapter and verse. You're stuck with Stanton. You're stuck with LeMayhew. You're stuck. You're stuck with Rodon. You're stuck. How do you get out from under these contracts? That's the biggest problem. You can't just say, let's trade Stanton, let's tell Stanton, we're, we're turning things around. And let's trade him, and we'll pay the remaining four years of that contract. Four years? Now, Steve Cohen can pay for two or three. There's nobody paying four years of a contract to play for somebody else. Plus, in his condition of not being able to run, who is going to take him? Who's going to take him? Not me. I wouldn't take him. What? And clearly, a, a, a small market team's not going to take him because he's not producing. Okay, he's not producing. So what do you do? That's the crazy thing. And once again, I've said it over and over again. This is not a quick fix, ladies and gentlemen. The Mets are kind of. They're not a quick fix either, but they're kind of. Okay, we can, we can retool. We can do a couple of players and try to get up the speed and hopefully get, you know, free agency with a couple of adding to the depth of the pitching staff. We hopefully have a closer coming back in Diaz. So, you know, we don't have, we've got long-term contracts like Nimmo, but we're okay. And Lindor, but we're okay. We're okay in the sense of we have a pretty good group. Now, are there some needs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is Beatty your everyday third baseman or not? You have to make that decision and then go out and get one if he isn't. Who's your everyday left fielder? You said it, catcher. I mean, Francisco Alvarez, godsend. Outstanding year. All right, but what else do you do? How else are you going to come back to the pack? And I really would like, I'm very curious and a little uneasy, to be honest with you, as to figuring out what are they going to do with Pete Alonso? Because he's just dangling. And I believe they will sign him. I do. I hope so. Because I know the average has not been great. But listen, the power numbers, his power numbers for his career have been great. But see, once again, you're not, Nemo's still producing. So yeah, probably in the last three, four years, maybe two, three years of that eight-year deal, you're going to say, ooh, eight years is a long time. He's he's not producing the way he we thought he would. But again, if you win a World Series or two, you'll take that. We, get, we won a championship. Okay, so we got, okay, we'll get rid of him. <laughs> and you've seen, if it's late in the contract and he's not producing, Cohen will buy him out or buy him and sell him and pay some of the salary and move on. Yankees are not going to do that. And once again, with the Rizzo's and the LeMahieu's and the Stanton's, they can't. So I'm sitting here and I'm saying I, I'm struggling with which is the which is the worst season of the two right now with the Mets and Yankees. Which is the worst one? They're both bad. They're both bad. 
because neither team, both teams got to the playoffs last year. Neither one is getting back there this year. But it's the way the Yankees are playing that has got you just, do they want to play baseball? Uh, or have they given up? It's the lack of effort that you're seeing. It's the lack of production that you've seen all season. It doesn't change. Despite what they say, nothing changes. That's going to be the frustrating part. Here's Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone, after last night's loss on his response to angry Yankee fans, here's what the Yankee manager had to say. Uh, yeah, I understand. You know, there's high expectations when you put this uniform on. We feel the same frustration, but we're also tasked with in the arena every day of having to go get after it. And that's where we got, we have to keep our focus. But I certainly understand that anger. This is it's no fun going through it. Aaron Boone. Now, don't listen. Don't be angry at the messenger. I'm just relaying what Aaron Boone said. After the game yesterday, when he says he believes a turnaround is coming. That's what we do, and we have no other choice. I don't not think a turnaround's coming, so we're just going to get to work, and I I know it's a boring answer for you guys, but we got to try and come win a ball game tomorrow and and expect when we walk in those doors, today's the day. That's that's how we look at it. That's what we are. We're sick animals in in a lot of ways, right? It's a grind of the sport. We got to come ready to go tomorrow and fight our way through this. And through this, you reveal, you find out about people and, and you get your character revealed and, and you got to keep showing up. And, and when you're taking your lumps and it's not easy, that's what we continue to do. And we and we'll continue to expect to turn it around. All right. That was Aaron Boone after Saturday's loss and the Yankees went out and lost last night. Although they put up a fight, at least they, they, they tried. At least they went back and forth. They had a lead. They came back. They tied. They showed you something. But I guess it doesn't really matter because the end result was yet another loss. They're ninth in a row. What are you thinking? 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear from Michael K. He weighs in on Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. That's next. It's Hardesty for Grasso on 9870 ESPN. Obviously, we're, we're in it to win it. This is the Dan Grasso Show. On 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Before we get to the calls, let's hear from Michael K. He was on ESPN earlier today and says, Aaron Boone's going to be the scapegoat, but that's not the way it should be. 
Well, I don't think it's fair because I think he's been in, in total lockstep with the with the organization. It's obviously the composition of the roster, and this is a real collaborative effort that the Yankees have put together over the years. So I think that Boone certainly manages the team from the first pitch until the last pitch, but he manages it off of information that he's given from upstairs and numbers and things like that. It's a heavily analytic team, which isn't a pejorative statement, but a lot of teams are. The Dodgers are, and they're doing just fine. Tampa Bay is, but the Yankees, their numbers this year have not panned out, and to play Aaron Boone, I think, would just be to take a pound of flesh out of somebody because you have to throw something to the masses. They're very, very upset. They're not happy with the way the team is playing. I certainly understand it. And I think that Aaron would end up being the scapegoat. Look, somebody, somebody's going to have to pay for this season. And most of us think that Aaron Boone is going to be done at the end of the year because the batting coach was done in the middle of the season. All right? So... Yeah, it's probably going to be Aaron Boone. And Michael's right. But now, it doesn't mean that he he is totally exempt from being what has happened with this team. He has a piece of the action, too. Okay? But it's really, and, and I said it yesterday, it's very simple. They talk about, and Boone talks about all the time, how they come and they work after, day after day. And they come in and they work and they work and they're getting after it. And if they're doing all that work, and I get, you know, you're not going to win every game and some things happen and things some sometimes don't go your way. But the bottom line, it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. They're not that good. That's why this is struggling the way they are. They're not that good. And the people who were good are not good this year. That's why you're in the situation you're in right now. The LeMayhews, who were good before, not good this year. The Rizzo, because of injury or whatever, not good this year. Donaldson, not good this year or last year. That's the simple, that's the truth. Stanton, awful this year, awful. That's dust. And everybody else has been pedestrian at best. Pedestrian at best. That's why you're in the situation you're in. So I'm very curious also, which of the two teams have had the worst season? Mets or Yankees. Which of the two have had the worst season? I mean, the Mets season is pretty bad. Yes, they've spotted some wins here and there. Yes, I know, as Joe Leo mentioned to me during the break, that, yeah, they sent the letter out, did the Rangers thing. Listen, we thought we did it. We went this way. It's not the way to go. So, you know what, we're, we're, we're pivoting and we're going a different direction because it's not going to work. We thought it would work this way. It hasn't worked. We apologize. We're going to go through it the right way now. We're going to do it the fundamental way. You build through the through your minor league organizations. You get strong, and then you go out and you sign the free agents where you're weakest until the you till the next group of young players from your from your minor league teams are able to take it to produce at the major league level, and that buys you some time. But the bottom line here is you always flourish. You feed from your minor league teams. So the Mets sent out a message. The Yankees have said, we're in to win it. And it's still not over. And once again, I get that for them, that's what they have to say. I get that Aaron Boone can't sit there and say, well, season's over. We're done. Even though he knows it and the players in the clubhouse know it. And as Alan Hahn said earlier with uh, Bart Scott and Peter Rosenberg on the K-Show, 
When you walk in the clubhouse, and I mentioned it also, you walk in the clubhouse, you walk in the locker room, players know. Players knew a couple of months ago what was going on with this team in the clubhouse. They knew. And it's just come to fruition now. And it hasn't changed. That's the scary part. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, start us off on the Dan Grasso show. Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Good evening. Um, Shout out to the company. And just wanted to definitely chime in on the Yankee talk. And also hello to Chantel and Joe as well. I just want to – I was at the game yesterday, Larry. and all I hoped for was You know? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) All I hoped for was a competitive game, right? Well, you got that. And I got it. I got that. And you know what was crazy? When they hit the three-run home run. I said, you know what, that's it, I'm out. I, I started leaving, and you know that famous, you know, exit where you see the big screen TV and you're about to walk out to the last, you know, gate, and I think it's gate six. And all of a sudden I see Volpe hit the three-run home run. So guess what I do? I went, I, 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 since I was still inside, <laughs> I went right back to the field. And this time I just went to the field level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched the rest of the game and I got to watch the rest of the misery that ensued. Because I, I, I just couldn't believe it. It was just, you know, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I would have bet my life on it that, you know, that, that um, his leg got under the tag. I was really that into it. And um, mm-hmm. also, um, I saw a bunt again. And 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 and, 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 and am I crazy or do I do I start see do do I start recognizing a pattern that the good teams actually situationally bunt and the bad teams don't? Well, Jose, I, I tell you, and thanks for the phone call. I think it depends on your personnel. I think it depends on situations, but I will admit to you that because of what baseball has done in the shorter distance between the base paths and limited times you can throw over the keeper runner and bigger bases and pitch clocks and all this other stuff. Uh, it's, it's trying to change a little bit where it's not just home run or bust. They're trying to give teams who may not have power another way to try to do some things and score some runs to get people on base. And so, yeah, I, I guess there are some teams, but ultimately, Jose... It's the teams who can do it all. It's the teams who make contact. It's the teams who can hit home runs. It's the teams who consistently put the bat on the ball in key situations so that they produce runs. And if it means that they have to bunt to get somebody on or whatever they do, depending on the team, they'll do it. There's no question. They will do it. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hey, Larry. Uh, good to talk to you again. And I uh, did uh, mention to Chantel when she picked up the phone what happened yesterday. It was, wasn't was agenda. It was a quantitative when I said all the guys. Me, she was involved, as you alluded to, also. Wonderful young lady. Uh, I could just see she has a big smile all the time. Makes you feel good. So anyway, I think your first question was the Mets or the Yankees. If you're mm-hmm. looking at from a financial standpoint, it's got to be the Mets. If you're looking at a stubbornness standpoint, it's got to be the Yankees. Now, since basketball 
is my favorite sport. It took a lot of ones and twos in the first column and the win column, and about, I don't know, 17 out of 20 years, give or take, of, of crappy basketball before they identified the problem. It doesn't guarantee you anything, but they reshuffled the deck and cleaned house in the uh, management level, the front office, I guess it's called. Mm. And they started with a neophyte. You know, uh, Leon was a neophyte. Uh, uh, he was an agent. Yeah, so they took a different route. He made a bad draft pick, the first pick. I'm just giving, spewing mm-hmm. this out for the audience. You know all the uh, things. But it takes so – you can build it from the front to the back. Uh, the Yankees bought it in 09 with the three players that came over. And uh, the Mets, he tried to buy it. He tried to duplicate that. No question about it. You know, with Scherzer and Verlander. And it, it doesn't work. It, it's you know, you try to think about how how to put it together. These they're a lot smarter than even a professional like you, who was in so many locker rooms and ballparks. There's no right way to do it, but there is a way to do it. And they get paid all these these guys from NASA and MIT to figure out on a spreadsheet how you're going to win the game. I, I you know I never understood that. But why I'm not watching anymore, you have to. We went over that. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it's Like Jose said, it's just he said something about bumping and the better teams. Look, the better teams will always look better, and the little things will work for them for a short period of time. I just think the Yankees, uh, Boone will be the fall guy. Uh, you know, I feel bad for him. I do. He seems such a nice man and, and a family of history in the game. Uh, these pressers, which they get paid for, I'm sure, or committed in their contract to do 300 and what is it? 324 of them without playoffs. Yeah. You know? yeah. it's, it's a lot of nothing. And sometimes it's in a 15, 18 hour period. If there's a late game and there's a day game. So I lengthy answer the Mets from a financial standpoint, and he's a finance guy. So he pulled the money out and he'll reinvest it. And the Yankees, I don't know, you know, but, Team talent-wise, the Mets have a little more youth or youths, as Joe mm-hmm. Pesci said. Yep. But and the Yankees are just stuck. You you drove that into my head the other day. They're just stuck with unmovable pieces. So you have to give them away and lose the money that way. But whatever it is, I'm not watching anymore. Uh, you have to. So I'll listen to you to get the report on the game. Have a all right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, it's it's. But see, here's the thing, Spike. You're right in one sense that yeah because Steve Cohen spent the money. But the Yankees have spent money, too. I mean, they, they, they had the second-highest payroll. So the top two payrolls, no postseason. Now, the Dodgers are right there. They are have sustainable success. They've won one championship. But, you know, it's – to me, it's the formula of – it's the combination, right? That's how it works. It's the combination. As I said, you bring the kids up from the minor leagues. You have some major league talent, of course. And you try to sprinkle in the free agents where you need most, where you're trying to buy time. Or you make trades or somebody where you're trying to buy time in positions where you know you're struggling, but you have this talent on the way. They're just not ready to go yet. But listen, the all the folks with the sabermetricians and the numbers. It's it's so subjective, right? It's so subjective. 
I'll explain to you what I mean next. You're listening to The Dan Grosso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We suck. This is The Dan Grosso Show on 98.7 ESPN. And what I was saying before the break about numbers are so subjective. All right. What, how many times have we taken phone calls? Why are you resting this guy? He's hot now. Why are you resting him day after night game? Well, we've got numbers to show. The numbers show that if you rest them and do this. And then as caller after caller has mentioned too, Atlanta, who does Atlanta rest? There's teams in this league that don't rest anybody. They play every single day. Francisco Lindor plays. You got to drag him out of the, you got to take his glove and hand away to keep him out of the lineup. But yet and still we get these, well, you got to rest this guy. You got to rest that guy. You got to rest this guy. You got to rest that guy. He's hot. Well, yeah, but we won't keep him for the season. That's what you have to do. So the the numbers are so, sub, they're so subjective to the type of players that you have. Now, clearly, if you're telling me on a Yankee team with Giancarlo Stanton that you got to rest him, yeah, you, yes, you do. I get that. There's no question. He's got to be rested. And even still, you, you're saying, even with rest, there's issues with his running around bases. And how could you be, how could you be confident to put him in the outfield? I mean, you got to be you know, crossing eyes and toes and hands and fingers with him out there. So the, it's, it's really simple. The, the numbers, the whole thing, how they figured it out, the whole thing has to change. It just does. That's the bottom line. We got a poll at 98 underscore 7 on Twitter. Formerly, formerly Twitter. Now X. X. Which season has been worse? Yankees or Mets? Yankees or Mets? That's ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. You can weigh in. I have already weighed in. And uh, we can discuss it. You can weigh in there and give us your thoughts on X or also call us at 1-800-919-3776. I'm just, I, I, I just can't really put my, I can't imagine being a Yankee fan right now. I just can't imagine watching this team just, you know, struggle the way they've struggled. And to lose nine in a row, I mean, you are, oh, and, and here's the bad thing. We're still in August. There's another month plus to the it's not six weeks to the season. It's going to get worse. I mean, this is going to be a team that's going to finish under 500. And the way they're playing, it might be way under 500. Now, I don't think, look, they're not going to lose all the rest of their games. They're bad, but they're not that bad. But nevertheless... This is not what you expected. And so that was the thought process as I was getting ready for the show tonight is for me, it's, it's, it's the continuation of mediocrity that you're seeing from this team. That is just amazing to me. It's just amazing that day after day they go out and yes, yesterday was an exception. But for the most part, I mean, they've looked awful. They've looked awful. And so 
Um, I just, I just, and I hear people calling up. We got fire boom now. Nobody's going anywhere. There's six weeks left to the season. There's nothing to salvage. And once again, I'll say it. As a, if I were a Yankee fan, I'm a Met fan, but if I were a Yankee fan, I want it to be as bad as it gets. I want them to have to make changes. I want it to be so that, that, that there's no option that things have to change. People have to be moved. That more than one person has to pay for what we saw this season. Because if they get hot or they put some wins together, then it's, see, see, we're not as bad. It's the injuries. It's the injuries. that That's the reason. That's the only reason we've struggled like this because of the injuries that we've had. No, it's not. It's that you put a subpar talent. You put subpar talent on the field. And and you get what you, what you put out there. You, you put lousy talent out there, and they're playing lousy. That's the bottom line. That's the way it is. They look awful because they're not good. And so... You want, like I said, you want it as a Yankee fan. You should want it as bad as possible. Keep losing. Keep losing. That's what you should want to keep losing so that you can't sit there and say, well, you know, we got to the ALCS against the Astros. Yeah, we knew they were better, but we had a shot despite the fact that you were dominated, which means you didn't have a shot. That's what you should want. Is it painful? Absolutely. Is it rough rooting for your team to lose? It's it's unconscionable. But if it means that it will affect change and meaningful change, either in personnel or or ideas or thought processes and how we build things and how we look at teams, how we build teams, if it, if if that's what it takes. Then that's what I think you that's that's what you have to do. So you don't root for them to lose. You sit there and you say, "Well, uh, uh, okay." Because here's the thing: they're losing anyway. <laughs> they're losing anyway. That's that's it. So it's okay. It's all right. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls and we'll update you on our poll numbers next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. Lose and put me out of my misery. It's 